marks before we start. Okay. All right. Come on, YouTube. Work. The nice thing is, is it remembers all the previous settings, so luckily we didn't have to, like, rename and add the description in and all that. Also, I set our category to entertainment instead of music. Okay. Works for me. Yeah. So, uh, that, okay, I think it is finally working. Let me double check that the, um, everything is. Don't start playing the tunes yet. Don't I start playing the tunes yet. The audio is going to be better just because you and I are going to hear each other at the same time. Because yeah. it will be separate. Yeah. So. And I am re just checking. It's going to be a little spoiler for later, but I need to make sure it's going to show. So, order. <laughs> I mean, I'm not seeing anything, so. Pop. All right, and then order, move to bottom, because I'm a bottom bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it looks like it is. We're, there is a little bit of lag between what is actually ha what we're doing and then what the stream shows, but the stream is running, and it's running smooth. So hey, that's, that's normal. It's not like everything happens in yeah, time. Yeah, everything, everything's going to have a like. I still, I kind of want you to just see if it's working on your end. Okay, <laughs> like, as a viewer. Like, as a viewer, see if it's working. Okay, let me check. Because it's saying concurrent viewers is one, and I'm pretty sure I am that viewer. Okay, so... I'm still struggling to find it on YouTube only because the way my phone is reacting right now is that it's pulling up all the logins as like separate things and stuff. Right. So it's not popping up on my YouTube, but I don't think that's because it's not working. Let me check. Again. I might be able to. Um... It's just titled Anxiety at the Discord. And then I'll type And in the live Venus. stream is Weenuses and Hope. I hate that there's so many YouTube videos because it just pops up garbage other things. Gotta love. We are new, and it's good to know that YouTube already doesn't want us. <laughs> I don't think it will pop up as a live stream because it usually only works like most of the people who view a live stream are subscribed to it or whatnot. It pops up on mine. I mean, when I, I mean, I'm logged into our channel. Oh my god! I can hear us. Stop it! I can't. I cannot handle sure. the sound of my own voice in Copy the slightest. Like, All right. At work, we were interviewing someone over the phone. Same sort of thing. Zoom call. Mm -hmm. I just sent you a message with a link to our live stream. What? I just sent you a link to our live stream. Okay. That would literally work better than this. There is also a six minute video on there called Weenuses and Hope. That is our failed live stream. And I'm going to have to figure out how to delete that. Okay. I'm... See, this is... It's like the link doesn't take me to YouTube. It takes me to, like, not 
YouTube. Okay, uh, can I open this in YouTube? Thank you, so that I can subscribe and stuff. Okay, two people should be watching now. God, go away, YouTube. Yes, I'm in a live chat with myself, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Say something, let's see if that works. Can you hear me? No, I meant, like, type something into the chat. Oh, I can hear us. Making sure this works, yeah. It's worth it. We're gonna make sure this works. Turn off the stream. Turn it off. Turn it off. Also, you uh, you left a comment under the when we podcast our passion profile. <laughs> started. Okay, introductions. Okay, hello. I am Alyssa. I use she, her pronouns. Um, a little bit about me. Um, I like video games and play the saxophone and I am an adult person and uh, yes. Alright. Uh, my name is Kiernan. I use he, they pronouns. Uh, also an adult person. Uh, also play the saxophone. Uh, Alyssa and I have known each other for what is it? We're we're hitting about eight years now. Mm -hmm. um, we are both uh, queer and neurodivergent, which does not relate to the content of the podcast, but will uh, be reflected we'll in our view. Yeah, we'll bring it up. It'll be reflected in our discussion. Uh, we're different yes. kinds of queer and neurodivergent, though. Um, yeah, do, do we want to, like, list it or just kind of, like, leave it up for her creative interpretation? You got yeah, let's just, anyone who watches this, headcanon, what are queer, all you know is the canon is we're both queer and neurodivergent, so figure it out. Yeah, we're, we, you can context clues, people, seriously. If we're yeah. going to be sitting over here pretending that know what music is and talking about it like we're you know well, like we have the ability to criticize it then you need to do some critical thinking, thinking. and figure out what, what's, what we have going on in the craziness department all right uh so this is our podcast it's called anxiety at the discord um it is a music podcast in which we both uh, we uh, for each episode we will have a pre-selected theme, which will be a word. Um, to select our words, what we have done is we went into a random word generator, generated about 20, 20 plus words, uh, picked which one picked. We generated a bunch of words, picked twenty plus that really called to us, wrote them down, and we're just rolling. Uh, uh, a number 
to pick which one will be the one. Yes. And when it comes time to actually discuss it, what we're doing is finding a song or a band or a person, something or that just relates a vibe. to that word. And then taking a song and sort of breaking it down talking about a little bit of the lyrics a little bit of the background of the people or person or entities that created that music um just to both kind of expand our musical tastes as well as just find interesting things to listen to uh as for why we've got this podcast it's a real long story we started a different podcast that should (laughs) and then thought let's make a real podcast What are we qualified to podcast about? And honestly, we're not really, like, when you say the word qualified, we're using it loosely here. As in, what Uh, are we interested in? What do we care about? Yes. Yes. Not even though both of us have had quite a long history of playing the saxophone. Yeah, we've uh, both been in band. Yeah. Yeah, played the saxophone together. We've both been in band. I don't know when I don't know when you started, band, but like I started. I mean, let's just t- like, what is your musical experience? Yeah. Um. So my musical experience. Uh, I know there's lots of people out there who started playing music when they were in middle school. Um. I played clarinet for a couple of years. Um. And then I was, or I guess three, whatever. And then I started playing the tenor saxophone when I got to high school. I played it throughout all of high school and then throughout all of college. So I have about eight years of playing the saxophone under my belt and three years of playing the clarinet. But if someone gave me a clarinet, I'd be like, I could like make you a soup with this, but probably not (laughs) at this point. And that's sad. That's sad for anyone who knows that they're basically the same instruments. <laughs> yeah, different fingerings, though. Yeah, I would look. I would just be like more like, honestly, I'd rather never play this again. Like, I'll mm. destroy it for you, but I will not play this yeah. clarinet. Thanks. Honestly, same. Um, yeah. Anything else about your musical experience to add? I guess I should add that when I got to college in 2016 i joined a don't give um, identifying information like what year you started college (laughs) we're gonna probably at some point slip up and say like oh how here's where i live (laughs) yeah well i feel like the general state will probably come up sooner rather than later but um uh i joined a band fraternity um which is a lot to unpackage every time I say that out loud. Same. And, uh, you know, what I can just say, it. so it's Kappa Kappa Psi, which is Honorary Band Fraternity. And uh, I joined the It's the National the Honorary Band Fraternity. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Um, basically, the reasons I joined it were to kind of have that, you know, fun experience of being a part of a group and being able to help out with the bands like this is very classic you know I help stack the chairs before or after band rehearsal and I'd help set up the room and Kiernan will say similar things but it was nice to be a part of uh to be part of that community and I think that a lot of 
why I even care about music is because of that, even if, you know, there's your typical kind of drama things that happen when you're in college. But I honestly have a deeper appreciation for music because I was in Cap Cap Psy. Um, yeah. That's a good summation of Kappa. I don't know. Audience, can you tell that Kiernan was also in Kappa or nah? (laughs) In my silence and just occasional quip. Uh, My musical experience. Um, I grew up with a passion for music because I... I just love musicals and I sang all the goddamn time and I have trained myself from being a low alto into having a almost soprano having like that low alto to up to uh uh what is it called almost mezzo soprano I want to say is the words uh vocal range I don't know it's been a while since I've checked it but I want to say I can go like what is what? I think I have like a two octave vocal range. Last time I checked, that makes sense to me. I mean, I don't know know like enough about singing to help you nail down what you're yeah. trying to say. It's boo. Uh, join band in middle school. There's a funny reason for that. I'd intended to join choir, and I signed the wrong paper and wound up in band instead. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever said that. You might have told me in the past, but you saying that now is like, what? <laughs> because you're basically saying the, the entire reason we ever met and became friends is because you filled out a wrong form. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, okay, you just keep going. Sorry. A lot of my life would be different if I had filled out a different form, and I think about that a lot. Uh, so yeah, I joined band in uh, middle school. Like I said, I'd intended to join choir, filled out the wrong form, and the counselors put me in band instead. Uh, and I was too socially awkward to be like, oh, I meant to join choir, so I stayed in band. Sounds about right. Uh, got started on the clarinet. Um, played that, I did, uh, middle school concert band all three years, and then we were allowed to do jazz band starting seventh grade. So I did uh, clarinet for two years in concert, bass clarinet for one year, and then in jazz, when I was in it for two years, I went from Barry sax and then eighth grade did tenor sax, because they needed a tenor sax. Uh, And I was the only one willing to switch. I was the only- I was one of two Barry saxes and- like eight altos and none of the altos were willing to switch so one of two berry saxes had to if anyone who's listening is an alto saxophone player you should know that i don't hold high opinions of alto saxophone players yeah just like not to generalize but like i feel like alto saxophones are more trumpety than trumpet players (laughs) yeah Uh, i said it i said it you said it. There's gonna be just like for if, if anybody ever listens to this, seriously, there will just be moments where we're like, God, how do you feel about you know like you know French horns? Oh, let's not even get on the horn. And part of that really just comes from like being in band. It's sort of, it's sort of like funny, kind of petty stuff that yeah. most people talk about when they're in like high school band but because we did college band for so long it's like enhanced because a lot of those people are mixed in with us who are literally like professional professional alto saxophone player (laughs) total player whatever and it's just like 
heightens that personality type. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so going on, uh, played tenor sax. We both did concert and marching band in high school, and we both played tenor sax in there. Um, I only was in it for three years. Uh, my last year of high school, I dropped band and was in uh, Madrigal's Choir. Um, it, from being in band, I got to go to Europe. I did a two-and-a-half-week tour of Europe with the Voyagers International Group. And while I was in choir, I got to go to California for an international singing competition. You have so much more cool experiences related to... Yeah, but you have a lot like of cool, like, and stuff, speech though. and debate experiences. And you have cool experiences. You went to Florida. Yeah, but, like, it's funny because it's, like, since you mentioned it, it's, like... I am hyping my... Literally, I want you to... Po- I want to point out, like, I am hyping myself. Because I, when I, like, normally think of these things, I'm, like, I went to California and for choir. And then I'm, like, oh, yes, technically for an international competition. Let me just throw that in there because it makes me sound like I actually know what I'm doing. I mean, it does, because you, you do have, like, I would say more musical experience yeah, more like the two of more, us. Uh, it is weird to think, like, technically I have professional musical experience, but while I was yeah. in high school. Um, yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying, like, I think what it is is we just kind of have different, like, uh, avenues that we yeah. kind of are in, like... Because of I, circumstances of how our high school changed, you yeah. know, that's what led you to going further into yeah. I also feel like route. Yeah, I also feel like uh, I stumble into a lot of my music. Like, I joined band on accident. Like. <laughs> that's true. That is true. And a lot of your singing was just like, wow, I, I want to be good at singing, um, yeah. so I'm gonna. I just, I just had a special interest in singing, and so now I'm good at it. Yes. I, then I, I went to California, yeah, I went to California because it just so happened the year I joined choir was one of the years they went to California. Yes. I, I, I a lot of it comes down to luck, you yeah. know? It's like, oh, I was yeah, that's in the happened. right place at the right time. I think it's also that, you know... I think there's a lot of people who, when they were in their high school band, they got to do the trip to California or Florida yeah. or whatever, because um, so many high schools do that. Yeah. Just at our high school, our band didn't get to do any no. of that stuff. No, our band. It was the choir and it was like the anything. orchestra that got to do those things. I will I know, say, from experiencing both, she got to go to Disneyland. I will say, from experiencing both, it's vastly because the choir orchestra parents actually knew how to fundraise. Yes, and uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying for all school, just for our school specifically, our band parents didn't know how to run a fundraiser. That is true. That is true. Let's let's let let's let that. Yeah, let. So yeah, I'm an adult. I can yeah. see them whenever I. Yeah, moving. So then, yeah, uh, in college, didn't do band my first semester because. I was too socially anxious to ask anyone how to join band. You and I went to co- we went to high school together and we went to college together, so that's how the friendship continued. Um, but context, we are a year apart in yes, schooling. We so are a year apart. I had been in college joining the Cap Kappa Psi, kind of like establishing this kind of band thing, yeah. while you were dealing with the fact that our, we had a director change at our high school to a slightly incompetent person. No, we didn't have a director. Uh, 
his last year was my uh, last year of high school, but I dropped band because uh, it became a toxic environment at our school. And then right after that, they got the incompetent director. It, it just kind of was a lot of things that led yeah. for our own personal yeah. high school experiences to yeah. just start to deteriorate. But, like, but yeah. also that's high school. Yeah, that's high school. Uh, but, yeah, so joined, went college. I didn't do it my first semester because I, I didn't know how to do band without being a band major. And I also kind of made you do it. But I was like, can you do band? Oh, I was deeply, I was, came in like, Hang on. I was deeply depressed and then was like, I wish I had my musical outlet again and you were in band. So by my second semester I figured out how to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, true. So then I was in band for a semester. I knew you were doing that Kappa Kappa Psi thing. And so as soon as I was able to, I also joined Kappa Kappa Psi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess for some more context, and then we'll get to, like, the actual meat of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so in Kappa Psi, like, I took a lot of leadership roles on. Um, I, I was invested in band, but it just became a lot more about trying to make sure that things were being, like, run right yeah. and stuff. So within that organization, I held some leadership positions and stuff. And that's how that's part of the reason I went to Florida because there was a national Cap Capacite convention that occurred there. I want to say it was the summer of 2017, and a bunch of the people that yeah were it was because it was right before I time. went in. Yeah, you were not there yet. I think yeah. this was between the summer of my freshman and sophomore year of college. Yeah, it was between my uh, senior year of high school and freshman year of college. Yes, and uh, so I went on this trip with uh, other people who were in Kappa, and it was kind of like a two-for-one, because of course you want to go to the convention that's in Orlando, Florida, because everyone wants to go to Disneyland, and we got extremely lucky, because it just so happened that the year before I joined Cap Kappa Psi, there was a couple that was in the organization that graduated, moved to Florida, and they both worked at Disney World. And so when they found out the convention was going to happen there, they said, you guys can come stay with us for free, and we will also give you free tickets to go to Disney World for, like, three days. That is amazing. So it was kind of, it was kind of awesome because it was like, you know, everybody else was like, they were going to have so many more expenses. And that's really the only re like, I'm not saying it's the only reason, but I don't think that we would have done it the way we had. If yeah. It wasn't like, Oh, you don't have to pay for a hotel or tickets. To I mean, our university and our Kappa is not like, just cause of our Kappa and because of the university we have is not the most royal. Like we basically were completely self-funded. We got nothing from the university. Yes. And on the self-funding front, it was like, there were so many things we couldn't do because we did not want to be a part of basically the fraternal group that was on campus. Like yeah. in order to gain access to that kind of like resources, you had to join the real fraternity sororities. Yeah. So we're a real, yeah, we're a real fraternity. We just aren't an official, like Kappa is like an official, it's an like an honorary thing, like on the national level, just at our specific yes. school. Our chapter didn't bother, like, with the school part of being a fraternity fraternity. Yes. Which, honestly, 
it's that that was okay. Like, I also feel like we should going s- on behind the yeah. scenes. It was yeah not gonna be worth it. And for additional context, our university about I want to say I guess it's two years ago now. I keep forgetting COVID time exists. Uh, almost at, like every single fraternity on campus got in trouble and basically shut down for. Guess what? Sexual misconduct. Wow. So I also feel like we should specify when we say we're in a fraternity. Uh, it ours is a, a, a service fraternity, like a, a like it, we're not a social fraternity. We're a, oh yes. We do community service in the specific context of service to our university band program. Yes, and it's co-ed. Yeah. So the idea behind it is that it's not a. It's not in any way to restrict people from joining it. Mm-hmm. There's not really a social element to it. Uh, it's not for I mean, it's social in that it's like, we're all band kids, we hang out. But it's not like, the purpose isn't social. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Let's, I just, because just I feel it. like when you say fraternity, people immediately get like the idea of party, and they're like, why would a band have a party fraternity? <laughs> well... <laughs> we won't yeah. we won't talk about anything yeah. else uh, for the sake of I guess saving any kind of face that's left yeah. I feel like <laughs> eh. we're, we're out of it it should be fine but it's I fine. Also, it's like it's you know, I don't want to tell too many details yeah. about but yeah. stuff yeah. Yeah. so I did band in college for two and a half years technically and I'm still in college but I'm online which is why I'm not currently in band <laughs> I'm not in college, and it still sucks. <laughs> now I'm just I, adult life. I'm also, I am still finding hobbies, though, like, uh, taken, I'm just gonna say, I'm t- I have replaced the hobby of band with, I'm taking a pole dancing class because of TikTok. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, oh, I haven't told you this yet, but, uh, I found the potential of a sword fighting class. You're shitting me. Are you serious? Yeah, and like, it's called HEMA, and it's Historical European Martial Arts. Like, that's not the name of the school, but like, they're part of an organization called like the HEMA whatever. Yeah, but like, do you know what this means? Do you know what we have to do now? Uh, You have to take the lessons to learn how to sword fight, and (laughs) I need to find... A way to learn how to sword fight, and the next time we see each other, we, we can have like we do. have to have sword fight. Yeah, so uh, I'm yeah, so I'm I've I've reached out to the school. The they're just they're and like I'm they're like yeah, we definitely like have intro classes that you can join. We just aren't currently running any because of COVID. So as soon as, uh. Uh, but they are looking at now that the weather is warming up, they're gonna host uh, outdoor classes once it's warm enough, and they have a space. That's really sick. Yeah, I'm at the point where I am just like I've I, I as much as I want to get into like a cool new hobby like that or I just you know, as if I dancing, kickboxing, whatever. It's like I'm just gonna wait. Like it just I sucks get, too much to try and do it in COVID times. I feel that as if I do, I'm like a student and I'm working full time and I'm like you know what I need hobbies. I'll start a podcast. I'll do a yeah. I'll start a podcast. I'll do a dance class. I'll do a sword fighting class. Uh, I'll have a TikTok that I post videos on once to twice a month when I think uh, like I just spam. Po- I'll have like one night where I post twenty videos and then I'm nothing for a month. <laughs> 
And see, I'm over here like, yeah, I work a full-time job, but I just come home and pet my cat for three hours and You do have, like, a, a two-hour commute, though. I want TV and TikToks and... and you do have a two-hour commute. So my job is, like, music. ten minutes from my house. Yeah, I also, I don't work with it. I work farther away. I have to commute because I'm... That's the life. We need to get into the meat of we this. We do... All right, so, uh... Yeah, so we've explained what our podcast is and there is our credentials. Uh, let's actually do the podcast. Though I do, I will say, like, I know we just are going on, but I really like when podcasters spend, like, the first half of the podcast just being like, so here's what I've been doing with life. Oh, we should probably get into the content. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, that's how you know we know. Like, here's the thing. The other part of our credentials is the fact that you and I have listened to so many podcasts that we just, we know the formula, okay? That's I literally listen. Right I listened to an episode of a podcast the other day. Um, I don't know if, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll say the name of it later. Uh, if, like, we get famous enough that the person who made it actually is, like, bothers to reach out. Because I don't know if what copyright would fall into with other podcasts. I would say it's probably not copyright because one of the podcasts I listen to called Murder Squad, uh, at the, they're currently doing a sort of thing where at the end of the episode, they talk to their guest and they ask them, like, what podcast are you listening to? And they nice. say all kinds of things. So I think it's Very okay. Nice. All right. Well, I was just gonna say with our little like how I was sit, like how the I like podcasts that's just like here's what I've been doing with my life. So I listen to the War Porn podcast, um, and I don't remember their last names, but the hosts are Patrick and Jean. I think it's Patrick Lawler and Jean Meyer. I want to say. Uh, okay. And so they recently had an episode where they were supposed to be analyzing for the Dark World, which is. The worst Marvel movie, other than Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say, it's not the worst, it's just, I'd say Thor Dark World is the most boring Marvel movie. Honestly, here here's the funny thing, I honestly think that was the first Marvel movie I watched. Like, that I was aware that it was a big deal. I didn't, I... I watched Thor The Dark World at a sleepover in high school, mm. and I I hadn't seen the first Thor movie, so I had no idea what was going on, and I was coming out of a high of, like, literally being in a speech and debate tournament until, like, midnight after getting up at, like, four in the morning or something, Nice. and I was so delirious. I feel like it's probably had some sort of horrible impression on me, but continue what we're talking about. <laughs> But You said that, and I was like, wow, I'm no, having a flashback to Nightmares. I mean, for me, Thor The Dark World was, like, the second Marvel movie I ever watched, but not really. It was that I, uh, all of my friends were really into Thor because of Tom Hiddleston, and so I was yeah. like, oh, I want to understand what they're talking about, so I watched the first one and then was like, well, I know enough about Marvel to know there's more than one movie, so I went to watch the second one, and I was like, why is Loki alive? <laughs> Yes. So then I had to, I had so then I had to Google what was going on, and I was like, and I found out the way the Marvel Cinematic Universe works. So then I just took a weekend and I watched every single Marvel movie that, and like, luckily my dad 
is a is a movie collector, so we owned all of the Marvel movies, and I can't just watch the ones I want to watch, so I watched every single one in the order that uh, the timeline is meant to be watched in. At that time. At yeah, that time. at that time. All of them. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I think Thor The Dark World was the most recent one to be out, so like, and I'm talking all of, like, I started with First Avenger, and then I watched the Hulk movies, and then I got into the Iron Man mo like, whatever the timeline, like, I think it was, like, First Avenger, then a Hulk movie, then Iron Man, then another Hulk movie, then the Iron Man, and then several other movies, and then another Iron Man. <laughs> Even then, that's, it's weird to think about that, like, when Thor The Dark World came out, I, I was, like, not aware of what was going on, but at that point there were like six or seven movies. I know. You know? So yeah, uh, so I just did that. Anyway, the podcast. Uh, so they were meant to be talking about that movie, and uh, I definitely agree. Like their take was like, it's the most boring one, but we're but they had done Thor one, and so I imagine the next one they're gonna do uh, Ragnarok. But which is the best? Yeah, which is by far the best. And I definitely, but, even before they got into it, I was like, God, this one's boring. But I need to listen to the podcast. And their episodes are always like three hours long. They maybe talked about the movie itself for half an hour because every time they went to talk about it, they were like, I don't want to talk about this boring movie. Here, let's talk about I just like my burrito that I have. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> and it was I, was. I wish I had a burrito. And I was like, and I was like, honestly, I love this episode more than almost any other episode. <laughs> <laughs> they're not talking about because they're not talking because they're not talking about Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> uh, I love podcasts. Me too. I don't know what kind of person I am because I love them, but. I also just like to get to know who I'm listening to for three hours a day. It's so much more, like, intimate than all these other things. Like, even YouTube has become such a sterile thing of, like, you how a YouTubers and such act. That yeah. it's, like, in a podcast, it's just people talking to each other. They're not trying to talk to the audience, necessarily. And it just comes It's like a better. large conversation, but mostly we're talking to each other. And allowing yeah, other people to hear it. Exactly. Okay, so let's get shall in. we get to it? Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, let me pull up your song. and Because you said you wanted to go first. And that is the what I asked when I was doing the description. Because I wanted to write them in the description in the order that we are presenting. That's a smart move. Yeah. Okay. It's because uh, I'm that, neurodivergent uh... and have specifications for my life. <laughs> Okay, so for context, I'm not sure we've mentioned it. Oh, yeah. But our episode this week is about the word elbow, as in that weird sort of flesh and bone that comes at the uh, juxtaposition of the mid part of your arm, if you were unaware of what an elbow was. Which is also um, why the title of this episode is Venus's. That's fine. Um, but that's what we had to talk about. And so I found a song called Elbow Deep by a singer named Mary Coughlin. Um, let's, would it be better for me to talk about 
Uh, talk about, so, the way I imagine it is we'd talk about her, the artist slash the song, like, just our research, play the song, and then analyze. I don't want to say criticize, because we're nice. We're a little too yeah. nice to be critics. It's not supposed to be about, like, criticism, it's just more about... But also, I feel like criticism does get used sometimes in the context of this is a good thing, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to phrase it. Yeah. And positively bring in new people. So we're just trying to. We just want to play tunes, honestly. Yes. So Mary Coughlin is a singer. She uh, is an Irish singer, songwriter, and actress. Um, she's kind of had a long career slash interesting life. Um where a lot of her music and what she has decided to do with her career relates back to her rough growing up. So she was um, the oldest of five other kids, and it was, and I don't know how many details I could find, but it definitely seemed like whatever was going on at home was rough. This would have been uh, in about the 70s or so. Um, she was born in uh, 1956. Teenager in like the late 60s, early 70s. And at that time, uh, she was starting to dabble into some, you know, alcohol abuse and issues with drugs uh, by the time she was 15. So she um, spent some time in a mental hospital, which in the 70s is kind of That's... crazy that, like, you know, someone really taking charge of her mental health at a young age in the 70s. But um, she started to, I guess you could say, get better. Um, uh, she graduated from high school kind of lately, and after that, she left home. Um, after leaving home, she uh, met a man named Fenton Coughlin, and they got married and had three kids. Um, in 1981, she left her husband, took custody of her kids. So I think there's a lot of fuel to her songs that come from her rough relationship with him as well. Um, she moved back to her hometown of Galway in 1984. And when she returned to Ireland, she really started to perform more in public. And was eventually noticed um, by a producer named Eric Visser, who is a Dutch musician. And from there, that's when she really started to have like more of a career, where it was she started putting out um, her albums, she had, let me see, I think she had uh, about eight albums, I could be wrong, oh no, it was more than that, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen albums, or album adjacent things, a lot of what she would do was, she had this, like, she still has this bluesy, sort of, um, a little bit folksy, um, tone to her songs, which I thought was interesting, because I don't think I, I've, I've listened to a lot of Irish singing, but it comes across as, like, a little bit more southern, like, South of America kind of blues. Like, and one of her inspirations was a woman named Billie Holiday. Not, not Bill, like, but Billie Holiday, who she saw as this woman who 
um, had a lot in common with how rough she grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, Billie Holiday was an African-American singer from, I want to say, the 40s, 50s. Like, she is somebody who was, like, big inspiration in jazz, one of the best women jazz singers of her time. And her upbringing was, like, at age nine, like was having to work on her own because things with her mom were so bad. Like, this was, like, very much, like, basically grew up by the age of 10, had a really rough time, dealt with sexual assault, and when she was a teenager is when she started getting recognized for her blues singing. So there's, like, a lot of um, similarities that she feels like, and she did a whole album where she covered her. Um, just called Mary Coughlin Sings Billie Holiday in 2000. And um, another thing that she did is in 2018, uh, Mary Coughlin collaborated with the Broken Stalkers and Valjeer Sigerosen. I'm so sorry I'm saying that wrong. But basically they created this like fusion of music and theater and dance. Basically it was like a musical but not that was about her own life and told the story of like the abuse she went through and her mental illness and discovering all of the uh, music and art that was like led to her having a better life and this song um elbow deep is from her most recent album um that she released in 2020 in september um that where i think it's called life stories and it's sort of like each song is about like, you could listen to one song and it's like, that is literally, like, the story of somebody's life kind of thing. But they're also all about her, if that makes sense. <laughs> I'm very excited. It's, it's going to be very blue. Like, I, I listened to more of her album. I love bluesy folksy, and I, will, like, I haven't listened to a whole lot of, like, Irish uh artists music but what i have i just really like the vibe especially like from the folk side of stuff yeah i just like blues oh. folk music I'm, i don't dislike most types of music um let's go ahead and listen to the song then yeah, all right and then i do i i don't know if you want to do this but i have my little notebook out to take notes as we listen because that's what we do when we did basically this in kappa yes <laughs> i'm ready Wearing of new fair and the clothes I wear become loose fitting. Every inch is filled with anticipation. Shocks run the length of my spine The end came so fast In the rapture I didn't see it coming For you, the novelty is worn off For me, slow motions in play your dirty laundry You will find guilt stains on your sleeves Elbow 
you made of me Evidence for anyone who doubted me I'll be my own counsel Close the door as you leave DNR this body Your cruel words are ringing in my ears Honey, you're too good not to share Hang out your dirty laundry You will find guilt stains on your sleeve Elbow deep in the mess you made of me Evidence for anyone who doubted me Clarity hits my mind just in time for reason to take hold It didn't kill me though your blow But I could use cliché strength now Hang out your dirty laundry Find guilt stains on your sleeves Elbow deep in the mess you made of me Evidence for anyone who doubted me Hang out your dirty laundry You will find guilt stains on your sleeves Elbow deep in the mess you made of me Evidence for anyone who doubted me person is kind of like this and not so great person but it's not necessarily coming from like 
anger or frustration or trying to mend the relationship. Just this happened and you are a guilty person in, in terms of probably cheating or something like that. And I also picked up on the line a lot of the language that talked about how how she sings about how you have to hang out your dirty laundry and it's for your guilt to be on there. So less of her trying to make this defense of like, like, you know, this is what he did to me. Da, 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 da. It's a lot of, this is something that you have to recognize. Like you were, the, the, what you did to me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, so it's sad and it's longful or longing, but it's also just like, I feel like it comes from a place where somebody who is like healing a, a lot more, like has gone past how they felt initially about this breakup relationship, what have you, and is at the point now where it's just like, you know, it's on you to deal with what you did to me. It's not on me to deal with that anymore because I'm past it. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I have a lot of the same, like, I feel, uh, like, not, I, I didn't get, like, a reconciled, I see where you're coming from with reconciled, but I wrote, wrote down, like, uh, a kind of, like, resigned, like, even though, uh, uh, this is, like, probably a relationship that was cared deeply about, like, it's for the best to remove yourself from it whatever um and like that's sad but with time it's you'll heal um i i really i locked onto the everyone who ever doubted me and i felt like that was like maybe like she is like it's not just like she's saying like you need to take uh like you need like like yeah like the other person needs to take accountability for what they did to the singer, like the carrot, like the who is being, you know, like, uh, but uh, even beyond that, like, now, uh, the people in our lives who doubted, like, all these things that you were guilty of, like, will also see, like, I'm not, <laughs> like, this, I need to do this to heal, you know? Also, I just wrote down that, like, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but just the stylistic vibe, I got kind of like an 80s, you know, some of the songs in Mamma Mia that are more, like, chill and less musical? Yes. yes. I got, like, a strong... Yeah, I got something very... And, like, even just the tone of her voice was, like... Subtle, but powerful. Yes, I agree. And I thought it was interesting because when I listened to this song, when I initially found it, I I listened to other songs on the same album, kind of mm-hmm. thinking, oh, it's going to be a lot of these sort of sad ballads mm-hmm. in a way. But actually, a lot of the songs are... Like, this is probably the, the saddest song on the album, and a lot of them are, like, you know, upbeat and fun and, like, kind of sexy. Like, there's this one song she sings um, called, where is it? I 
why do all the bad guys taste so good? And I was like, listening to this, I was like, yes, get it. Like, talking about, like, man, why does it suck that, like, all of the hot guys and all of this good stuff is just, it's no good for you, but you want it anyway. And it's just, like, much more jazzy and less bluesy on a lot of other songs. Um, I so I was like, oof. Mary, what's going on? <laughs> I will also add just to this one. Like, we talked about, like, it sounds like she's resigned, but I do think there is a certain sense of anger, not in the outright aggressive way we think of anger, but in that, uh, you know, just from, like, a personal experience. Like, it's a very subtle, like, uh, you know, it's for the best, but how dare you, like, put me through this? It's time for you to, like, own up. You are the person at fault. I think that, you know, that you said that, I feel like that comes through a lot in the beginning of the song, yeah. because the beginning of the song... Like, not, a, like, like not that aggressive... Music, yeah. Like, I, I say anger and I'm sad, yeah. but the, what she's saying is stuff like, I was in anticipation, almost like she was, like, getting ready for, you know, kind of, like, you know, something... I just like, like anniversary night or something, and the other person was just kind of like, I'm bored, yeah. and... I just, like, feel like, like, so often when we think of anger, we do think of a very hostile, aggressive, outward expression of it. But anger can come in so many, like, you can be fine, like, you can be fine and still recognize and be angry and upset about damage that was done to you, just not in a, that, like, aggressive and hostile way, just more in an internal processing, like, kind of way where you're like, this is bullshit. Like, very subtly, like, just internally. And, like, the way I'm saying is very aggressive, even. But, yeah. like, emotions can manifest in so many different forms. And it is okay to be resigned that something is unhealthy and be angry, but know, like, the best, like, express that anger in a non-hostile and aggressive way. And that anger is still valid anger. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Especially because there's, like, a couple lines that it's, like, it makes her seem, like, like, wistful. Like, yeah. almost like, man, I wish I could still have you. But, like, I think she says something about, like, too good not to share. Mm. And, like, I feel like you would say that with, like, a little bit of anger. You know, like. Yeah. You're just, like, you know, you love this person. You want a relationship with them, and they're cheating on you, but, like, you also kind of feel like you're, like, I, I don't know. You know, it's, like... Yeah. I also felt like the instrumentation was really exemplary, not necessarily, like, anger-specific, but just, like, a powerful emotion expressing itself in... Maybe the emotion itself usually gets considered negative, but it's expressing itself in a more productive way, because, like, yes. you get that, like, intro-piano and the swelling, and then it dies with a very strong, like, the end of the song is a pretty, like, a short but strong piano solo. And that's yeah. the end of the song. Yeah. I think, to kind of go back to the main chorus where she's talking about the, hey, I, I thought this was kind of clever, because it's like, hang out your dirty laundry so it's like okay you're putting what you did because when people talk about your dirty laundry it's sort of like your dark secrets so yes yeah. you don't want people to know um talk about how you're too far in mm -hmm. and like 
the I guess the visual of it literally being like this combined combination of like when you're elbow deep in a mess and airing out your dirty laundry. I just kind of thought that was like a clever way to like tie it all in. I do think imagine like literally the shirt is dirty from the whole sleeve. I also think uh because like uh, to point because our like it's. Interesting because our topic is literally elbows, and that's the title. Uh, the specific choice of using elbow deep as the title instead of like dirty laundry or like one of the other predominant, like specifically saying like elbow deep is the title of the song. Do you think this thought just came to me? So she sings about in the song how this other person became elbow deep in sort of like the mess they created with them with mm-hmm. Mary, I'm assuming, and the relationships, like basically dug a grave, so to speak. Yeah. But you said that and it made me think is like, do you think that she's also singing it from a point of view of like, I also got in elbow deep with you and yeah. now it's like I'm still singing about how I'm trying to like kind of process this. Oh, absolutely. Break away from that. Absolutely. I think uh, it's. Could, I feel like you can interpret. You could potentially interpret this so many ways, and obviously, like you did more research than about her other music, but you could interpret this in she is singing to someone else about the breakup. Uh, another uh, interpretation of like you could apply it to this breakup song, but like some of those breakup songs is uh, singing to oneself about the thing and it's like it is time I like I am the one elbow deep in my own dirty laundry and I'm not saying that's her specific goal here but uh, one a listener who felt that way could definitely hear that song and apply it to themselves in that light you know yeah and I think that puts the line where they talk about how uh, what is it it's like um, proof to others right Mm -hmm. it sort of feels like putting out the dirty laundry is so that other people can also see what type of person you are. Yeah. So it's like a little bit of that, you know, let's say in my mind, I always thought of it as like probably someone cheated on the singer and airing out the dirty laundry is everyone finds out you're a cheater or something else. And the other people didn't think that they were like, there's no way he would ever cheat on you. There's no way this is true. Right. And finding that out. Same, the opposite is true, where it's, like, someone finding out, you know, uh, like, how deep into this relationship you were. Maybe that's why you didn't break up sooner, or it kind of puts a twist on it of, like, okay, there are probably people, because you hear it all the time with people who are, like, oh, your husband's terrible, your boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever, they're cheating on you, they're bad to you, but you stick with the relationship because you're elbow deep, Yeah, and it's not to get out that they're like oh you were you were really in with this person yeah yeah but overall i really like the song i was pleased to find a a song that was about that wasn't about elbows but had it in the title (laughs) (laughs) i really i like the style i like the vibe of the song I, I, I think it's got a lot of, like, poetic merit, and, I mean, we're, we're not really <laughs> qualified to judge merit, but, you know, it definitely, like, I feel like it resonates, uh, 
with a lot of situations, you know? Because even, you don't even have to necessarily apply it to a breakup. You can just be like, a friendship, a job. Yeah. Like, just any kind of situation where you feel like you're getting into some sort of mess, like, right? right? It's like being elbow deep on something. Yeah. Or even just one's relationship with themselves. Yeah. Be like, look, I am toxic to me. <laughs> Same. And now it's time for and, therapy. Yeah. I even just overall, like, it, it's like the kind of song where you can put it on a speaker and it's just kind of like, if you're not super listening to it, because I was trying really hard to like super listen to the lyrics, but just like having it on is like, if you can listen to, I always very feel like it's one of those ones where you don't, if you don't listen to the lyrics just with the way the general tone, tonal quality is, it sounds like it would be a love song. Yeah. If you're not listening to the lyrics themselves. Yeah. I'm sorry I interrupted your thought. I had a thought. No, you're good. I just, that's what I was thinking is it's like, it's very different when you just listen to it. It's like one version of it when you just kind of, you're, listen, you're hearing it without listening, is it's like a longing sort of love song, and you don't really like, you're like, okay, yeah, there's lots of songs like this. It's just a nice piano piece with singing, and then when you really listen to it, you're like, oh, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, it's like a, a, a breakup song. Which breakup songs are love songs, too. That's true. They're the ending of a story. Or the beginning of a new story. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let me pop it on. Uh, so. so I'm not going to be able to see the video because of our current setup, but I'll watch it later. You could okay, potentially, because of the, uh, uh, the wrong button. Uh, you could potentially look like you'll have the delay, but you could have the live stream on your phone muted. Okay, that's what I'll do. I mean, it's not required, but, like, I don't, so, uh, no, you better mute that live stream. If I have to listen yeah. to myself, I'll die. I muted it. I muted it. Trust me. Same thing. I uh, didn't see, like, the, what you put in the problem with your screen. Let me yeah. just turn up the brightness. Oh, man, my phone's at 10%. Oh, well. All right, so, uh, this band was, uh, kind of hard to research Band. The and where I fit the theme is the name of the. Don't start playing until I tell you. So the name of the band, uh, the way it fits the theme is the name of the band is Biting Elbows. Okay. Yeah. And um, so it was hard to find information about the band. Honestly, like their Wikipedia is like a paragraph long, and uh, like. It was so hard to find information. I tried really hard. Um, but the the band is... Uh, it's called Biting Elbows. They are... Uh, they're were described both by themselves on their Facebook page and um, on their wiki as a Russian indie rock band. Oof. Okay. They were formed in 2008. The song is in English, by the way. Um, we don't have to always have songs that are in English, but I did not. When I first like found a song, like found one of their songs, I didn't realize they were Russian until like I 
looked it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, they're a Russian indie rock band. They were formed in 2008. Uh, their first EP, which was called Dope Fiend Massacre, was released in 2011. Um, and then their first... Uh, apparently, I didn't write it down, but they had a, a, like a first um, full-on uh, album... That was rela- released in, I want to say, 20, 2012. Okay. Um, they are surprised, like, despite not having a lot of information out there, they are surprisingly popular. Like, they've uh, opened for, like, been the opening acts at performances by Guns N' Roses, uh, a band oh. called Placebos. Uh, they've opened for The Cure, and they've opened for Linkin Park. Wow. Yeah. We've never heard of them. Yeah. I mean, they when they opened, it was in, like, performances in Russia, but they've opened for pretty big names. Well, maybe we just don't know enough about, like, opening bands, because, yeah. like, maybe, like, that sounds like a big deal, but, like, in reality, if you're just the opening band, it's like, yeah. oh, no one cares. I don't but know. But I still think, like, it's a nifty thing. Um... And then, uh, so, the, the people in the band, they're, in, and they're Russian names, so apologies to Russia and the members of the band if I butcher these. <sighs> Sorry, I'm yawning a lot. It's late for me. Keep going. <laughs> uh, so there is the, uh, the drop, I think I've, okay, yeah, sorry, I, my notes are poorly written. Uh, so the drummer... And literally on the site, I found this information. Uh, he is described as their virtuoso drummer. Uh, is Alexei Zamarev. Um, the singer slash rhythm guitar is Ilya Nashwiller. Um, their bass guitarist is Ilya Kondrativ. And, uh, their lead guitar, I'm not sure which one is correct, because one site had his name one way, and a different site had him with a different name. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but their lead guitar is either Igor Boldenkov or Garrick Boldenkov. Interesting. Yeah. I was gonna say, I was like, well, maybe what it is is, like, Oh, one of them was the guitarist, and then they quit the band, and it's a new person. Oh, maybe it's a set of brothers. Names have the same last name. Yeah. Um, and then so, and then also, uh, uh, Ilya. Also, two of the members have the same first name, <laughs> and that was consistent across multiple sites. Maybe that's like the name Michael or something. Yeah, it's like very common. Uh, so Ilya Nashler, not only is he the singer and the rhythm guitar, he is also the director of their music videos. And um, one of the things they're most known for is their music videos tend to be shot in a first-person perspective. Uh, they have really good special effects usually, and um, they're and like I w- I watched a couple of their music videos and listened to some of their music, and since the videos are something they're so known for. Um, like, and part of why they're so known for, if my research was correct, it sounds like 
uh, Nia Schiller, uh, like, as a day job, is a video director. <laughs> oh, okay. Or at least was before joining, joining the band, something like that. Um, and so he directs their music videos. So they're, they're usually shot in a first-person perspective. They have really good special effects. And they really have the vibe of, like, scenes out of an action movie. Oh, that's pretty cool. And, like, at one point the band released an action movie, apparently, and did two of the songs for it. Oh, movie? Yeah. I don't remember what it was called, because for some reason I didn't write that down either. That's crazy. It kind of reminds me, though, it's like, I say that like I'm shocked, and then I'm like, oh yeah, but Daft Punk literally yeah. had an entire anime movie that they made yeah. with their own songs. But, so the song I wound up picking was Heartache, and I picked this one because it's the one they have as, like, the first video on their YouTube. Like, they're, like you know how, like, you can have channel, um, what is it, channel previews or whatever? That's the one they have set for it right now. Um, and also, of the music videos I watched, because they're very much scenes out of an action movie, a lot of them have do depict a lot of like graphic violence. So, forewarning, this one also has some violence in it. Uh, but it didn't have as much like full on like blood as I saw in some of the vi- and like uh, tragedy as some of the other videos I'd seen. I've watched. Okay. I'm like uh, when I say tragedy, I mean like car, like action movie tragedy, like a car accident and stuff. Um, Yeah, I I get what you mean. So, but there is there's your trigger warning. Uh, There is some violence. Uh, There are some things that uh, I I don't I don't I I don't know if that necessarily just for the sake of adding the trigger warning, like, uh, but there are some aspects that could be taken, uh, just within the way the characters, uh, the character acts, like, it's not, like, uh, I think there's a metaphor in there for potential harassment, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, oh, and the ending does have a pretty vicious car accident, just no blood. Like, it's almost a cartoonish car accident. Okay. I'm aware. I'm so, good to go. trigger warning for you and it, uh, if we ever have viewers. Okay. But, I don't know, I thought I've, I, like, not only do they fit the theme, but I was like, man, this is a vibe. <laughs> I'm excited for the vibe. Yeah, it's a vibe. So, here is Heartache by Biting Elbows, and the reason I was so persistent about you need to see the videos is because this band is known for their music videos. Which we could comment on, a band being known for the videos over the music, but their music is good. I liked it. Yeah, I'm hoping that I can still pay attention to, like, the Says all that's not right Sometimes by myself Never alone But if you have to go Just let me know When you don't wish to stay Someone else takes your place Heartache I thought I told ya To get away Oh, it's gonna play your video fine But not mine from me, but you're still around. 
shit for when she wants to quit Double down commit and then she really leaves I'ma get it off the sleeve Little bit where uh, 
they have the audience sing along and then it immediately becomes like this very strong like drum 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 strong instrumental you know yes yeah um uh, uh yeah um i honest a lot of my notes focus on the video itself because of their like whole thing being about the video but from the song perspective i did think like the video was pretty fitting just in the uh, general, like, man, take a hint. I'm not, like, leave me alone. Go away. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. And it's interesting, because it's almost like the song is being sung from her perspective. Yeah, but like... the video is shot from his. Yes. I thought that was an interesting choice. I thought it was an interesting choice, because it made me think about, like, either why that would be, or... Because honestly, it doesn't seem like either one of them are that interested in the relationship. Yeah. It really feels Even like a lot like, more. He very is like, like it. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't know, like, we just keep doing this. Yeah. I also, uh, I I don't know for sure if that's what it is, but uh, you notice, you know how like throughout the video, a lot of them do like their little hand movements? I'm not sure because I'm not versed in it, but I think... But just the the specific way it's done, it almost looks like it might be some kind of sign language. That's what I was thinking. I thought that was definitely sign language, but unfortunately, I would not be able to tell you if it was American sign I doubt it was American sign language. Most likely it's Russian, since they're Russian. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. So it's like double, I would not be able to know it was being uh, told between the characters. But I thought it was interesting. It's like, so hear me out. This is my theory, okay? Mm. So either one or both of them are deaf, but they are in a club that's like a dancing club. I'm not saying people who are deaf can't enjoy that. Of course they can. Yeah, of course. But it's an interesting place to like consistently have dates if one of you is deaf. Yeah. It could be neither one of them are, and they're just using that as a way to communicate when it's loud. Yeah. But I think what it is is if one or both of them are deaf and they both speak, or I'm sorry, not speak, they both sign, mm-hmm. um, it could be that's part of the reason the relationship continues. Where yeah. it's like, you're not necessarily happy and you're not necessarily interested in that person, but there are just certain circumstances in your life that feel like, well, we line up in this way and it makes it easier. Kind of like, I got a lot of vibes of like, this is the kind of relationship you start when you're in high school because yeah. you live in the same town, you see each other all the time, and you had something in common at one point, but now you're just like, why are we still dating? Another interesting, and, go ahead. Another interesting thing I uh, noticed is about halfway through we see this new male character pop up, and he's definitely, uh, I will save this woman, but he also, like, doesn't seem to be, like, interested in her in any way. Just, I'm going to fight you, sir. Uh-huh. It's like, everyone's so neutral about what's going on, yeah. other than a little bit angry. And I felt like that was, so in the one scene where, like, the crowd sings along is, we have, like, this crowd singing along, and they all look happy, and, like, are, like, three or so main characters, and I remember the first time I watched the video, I didn't, like, the main characters are so kind of, like, flat that I didn't recognize, I didn't recognize their faces, so then when it did, like, this screen pan through the crowd, I just thought, 
Oh, that actor forgot to sing along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it was, like, most likely a purposeful choice to have your, like, very flat main characters be, like, the only ones in the crowd not interacting with the band. And they're at the front of the crowd. But they're also, like, off to the side. They're, like, front of the crowd, but off to, like, the right. Yes. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's, like, a little hard to see. Did the guy propose? He did. And their, their reaction was just, leave? Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And everyone in the whole entire place went, <gasps> Oh my god, that's a proposal. And everybody stopped what they were doing. And then it immediately just was like... Yeah, all of the, okay. all of the like, reaction came from background characters. Yeah. And maybe that is... Because they, like, have their, like, action-themed first person... Maybe, like, that is a specific choice. Because you see that in a lot of action films where, like, honestly, the title character is flat. And they do that on purpose because it's supposed to be, like, a self-insert fanfic. Yes, I'm so top of brain. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's, like, maybe part of the overarching, like, metaphor, because it's, the song itself, right, is about this sort of, like, heartache yeah. of just kind of wanting to be not around this person. Yeah, just want to be done. Like the kind of song you write after you have a breakup with somebody. It, it isn't necessarily, like, oh, they cheated, or we were super yeah, busy, just, or whatever. It just was, like... I'm over it. And I would literally go the rest of my life without seeing that person and be happy. So it's interesting to play it over a video where it's an active but clearly dead relationship. And even the guy, it kind of makes me think of like, so the relationship is kind of dead and it just seems like it maybe occurred out of happenstance. These are people who live in the same place and Mm -hmm. they both have something, in this case the sign language that kind of keeps them in common, somebody else comes in, and it kind of helps push the relationship to actually end, but it's not like this was, like, the real, like, oh, Knight in Shining Armor. Yeah, it's just it's a like guy who was... Stepdad steps in, and you're like, well, the dad sucked, and the stepdad sucked, and now everybody sucks. Yeah. The mom sucks, and everybody sucks. It was also, I thought it was interesting, the very, like, not the very, very end, but, like, that bit where he breaks the bottle, and then she just comes out, and, it, like, whatever she signs, and he's like, alright, peace out, bye. Yeah, and then he gets and it's not, like, And, like, none of it, even the fight scenes are not aggressive. They're just like, I guess we're fighting now. I guess we're not. And then it's like to be continued. Yeah. Well, they do that. So, uh, from what I read, a lot of their videos are follow, so will have, like, a storyline. So, like, one of their debut uh, songs... Uh, it had a, was a video and then a song that was like the title for their next album was a sequel to that video. Oh, that's cool. Cause they're basically mini action movies. Yeah. I like that. I think it's, I always like it when music videos are, or even just songs become like, it's a set, it's series, it's story over the course of several songs kind of thing. I was I also like the very end of the song where they're just like repeating the like one phrase and then it's just like fuck anxiety and it's like is that what you're breaking up with? Why is that the one and only time you said that? <laughs> yeah. Neither of these characters seem to have anxiety. They didn't 
honestly, everyone just seems sort of, well, I don't know. I don't want to say, like, oh, everybody just seems depressed. Yeah. But it's like... The title characters do. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I definitely, like, very uh, punk rock. I mean, I felt that, like, I was... Because you know me, like, I've gone through my uh, phases, and probably if anyone saw me right now, they'd think I was very punk rock. So I'm surprised I did not know about this in my, this band in my emo phase. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And see, I'm like, I, I never really had an emo phase, or a punk phase, or anything, but yeah. it's weird to me how much, it, like, that type of music appeals to me. Yeah. Now. I say like, my emo phase. I was really into like Panic at the Disco and MCR and stuff like that. And all my friends were emo, but I wasn't allowed to like be like get the aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. I just I I just feel like maybe I just didn't have it always seemed like this thing that was, like, not something I should do, like... <laughs> Never. I say not allowed to, either. It's, like, in part, it was, like, I'm not gonna buy you $30 skinny jeans. <laughs> and also, yeah. I would go, I'm not gonna ask for $30 skinny jeans, so I guess I'll be emo, but only internally. And, like, all of the <laughs> memes, I really was like, yeah, this isn't a phase. <laughs> If I if I wasn't so frugal, I definitely would have had like the full on choppy banged haircut and yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm over here like I I really don't know why I didn't have an emo phase. It feels like something I should have done. Like my, part of my adult aesthetic is things like well, is there a skull on there? Do, do they talk about death and decay? Um, I don't know. Like, it's it's literally, like, almost a 50-50 split at this point of just kind of, like, weird, crunchy, <laughs> skull and bone shit mixed with literally just pink. So, just pink. I mean, honest, I, so, like, we were gonna do video, but due to technical difficulties, we couldn't, but as soon as I turned on my camera when we first started... I was like, oh my god, I'm playing like the most, like, a very emo band, and it just so happens that today I dressed in all black, like, I've got black pants on, my shirt is a cut, like, a, a, a t-shirt that I turned into cu a cut-off tank top that is also black with some very muted flowers, and it says good vibes only, <laughs> and then I have blue hair... Like, I'm gonna put on a black beanie, and I'm already wearing a black sweater, and I have on a headset that's, like, very gamer-esque, and I was just, we like... We both have the slit in our like, eyebrow. Yeah, and the slit, you cannot... Oh, I found out, by the way, it should be called a cut, not a slit, but, eh, whatever. But... Why? The cuts in our eyebrows, and... Yeah. Why? Well, I actually found out this... I, I don't want to, like, get into it too much, but I was watching a TikTok video where someone explained, because, like, I was under the impression that it kind of started out as a trend that was related to being um, gay. Yes. Specifically, 
a lesbian cut and then in like a bisexual and then it just became like kind of a code for like I am queer on TikTok. It's trendy, it's gay, it's cool. Yeah. And then I found out that really before that it was much more um it's more like an African-American kind of gangster thing. Like in the really? 90s. Really? You would have like rappers and stuff who uh, were, you know, getting popular and things like that. They would have cuts in their eyebrows. And it, it was actually kind of a gang thing, like wearing, you know, a bandana or, or whatever, where you would have cuts in your eyebrows to signify, I guess, it was a TikTok, right? It's one minute long. So yeah. the person who was portraying it wasn't able to get as into it. But when she started about that, talking about that, it used to be this, and now it's a trendy thing. And all I could think was, oh, but I thought it was a gay thing. And then I felt like, wait, are we appropriating it? But then I was like, is it appropriating it if it's supposed to be a gang thing? Because that's like being like, I don't want to say it's like not a per- uh, person of color or African-American yeah. thing, but I also am like... I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. I mean, obviously, we are both white, so it's not our place to say anything anything like that. But, I don't know. That one feels complicated because, like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Like, like, yeah. (laughs) That one's so complicated because there's also, like, so, like, you get something that is, like, all right, is is associating something that is a gang thing with African-American culture, is that worse than potential cultural appropriation? (laughs) And then beyond that, so, like, there is certain, like, there's a lot of things where it's, like, one thing has more than one meaning and group. So, like, bandanas, most people think, like, oh, for, like, bang, gangs have bandanas and different colors for bandanas represent different gangs. But there is also a gay bandana code. And, like, different colored bandanas can mean different things. Like, I'm a gay sex worker. I am a bottom. I enjoy bondage. Yeah. Like, and they're both bandanas. It's bandanas. But those are two distinct communities. And I don't know enough about the history of the bandana code to know did one evolve from the other, which came first, you know, but, like, they're two distinct meanings and two distinct communities kind of thing. And that's where I was, like, getting confused about eyebrows because, I mean, we would call them slits. Yeah. But the woman referred to them as they should be referred to as cuts. And I was like, okay. And it just was, like, like you said, it's like, I don't want to say it was like, oh, well, it's an African-American thing because it's a gang thing, because obviously that is not <laughs> really true. Because it was also like a bit of a rapper thing, and a little bit like a coding of like, I've come from maybe a rough spot sort of thing, from what I was getting. Right. And I, in my mind, in my sister's mind, in the minds of many people I've, I've seen it become trendy, was it was like a, a trendy thing to say, like, hey, I'm also, you know. I do think it's also, with the, the eyebrow cuts, because you said, like, the TikTok mentioned, like, the rappers, originally, it was, like, from the 90s, and clearly, like, that seems to be, like, a cultural, like, it, it fell out of cultural thought. Like, I, I don't think I've yeah. really seen any rappers with cuts in their eyebrows at all, you know? I guess if my, my concern is, like, even if it fell out of, like, a trend sort of thing. Yeah. It, it only got to the point of popularity where it is now, 
when it started being like, okay, cover a Vogue person with a cut in her eyebrow who's yeah. a white woman. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I just feel like it, it could be, I don't know. It's one of those, like, we don't have the space, the, the, the uh, space to speak on African-American yeah. issues and cultural appropriation when it's not our culture, but it could also, you could potentially, with the information we do have, like, just with the information we do have, we could make the argument of this is the same trend, but it evolved uh, two, from two different communities of its own accord, you know? makes sense i see what you're saying and that's also why i was like i didn't i didn't mean to like get into it because i know we're talking about it on the podcast but i think you make a good point especially about where it is our place to say it because i guess i was only bringing up from a point of you know the kind of like fear of appropriating something accidentally but really to appropriate something it's you know more of a taking something that belongs to another group to turn it into something to be like profitable or trendy while also down on that group yeah for that same thing like that's what part of like there is the difference between a a cultural appreciation and appropriation and you do have to also look at even when these things are similar what why did they evolve and why are they similar was it because this group stole it or did they just happen to co-evolve or was it a shared thing? Like, yeah. you can't appropriate Christian culture because that was something that was forced on people. Yes. Uh, but, and, like, you can't, and, like, there's, like, I mean, you also see a similar thing, thing about cultural appropriation within the gay, uh, between uh, the African-American vernacular and then usually, like, a uh, gay vernacular. And it's, like, how much of that counts as appropriation Versus just the introduction of this vernacular by African, like, uh, queer people of color. That's true. That's true. It could very well have been something where it evolved into that. Like, it could have started as one thing, and then if it became part of the uh, queer people of color community, and then from there, it's just now it's become what it is yeah and it's like also we are talking about just shaving a little eyebrow off like it's not something i'm not saying it's like not an important thing but it's not it's the same as like uh the bindi or the dreadlocks or yes yeah i i can wait a week and you won't even tell that my eyebrows grown in which is also kind of why i brought it up because i was like it is i'll fill it but i don't know if it's something that's like people are concerned about but also i don't want to say oh i don't it care could have literally just been she wanted to share this fun ah. fact sorry, my, my white guilt is getting to me i'm sorry well you know what the, you, you know what they've also been saying on tiktok is white guilt helps no one yep I, that's why i was like wait i should bring this up but also i just would like to know because it's it doesn't relate to the tunes but i do think it's like important conversations to have and again we're both white yes so yes if you can't see our faces but we are some pasty mayonnaise up in here so if we ever have viewers and there is like a a person of color who knows more and does and has the the spoons to speak with us on it like we're open to that yes i think kind of leading into that 
I think hopefully, if this ever does take off right. into something more, we can have guests on the show. Yes! We, I, people who, we, we Skype people each other, we can Skype someone else. Yeah, people have, like, much more to say about different cultural or musical issues and yeah. funny stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, do, do you have anything? Um, we got derailed the- by that. <laughs> What? I said we got derailed by that. We were talking about just like the alternative community. Yeah, we're just talking about style. Which is a little, I, yeah, I like it's definitely. I definitely. I've been thinking about this. Is you definitely see a cross between the queer community and the alternative community and the neurodivergent community stylistically, and I feel like part of that is both from a queer and neurodivergent from a queer perspective, you've re- you've chosen, like, not chosen, but an uh, inherent part of your identity breaks down gender norms, so might as well also choose to continue to break down societal norms, and then neurodivergence yes. is an inherent part of your identity breaks down societal norms. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I was only thinking about that because I saw a TikTok earlier that was like, uh, I guess there's been some discourse where the alternative community who are, like, cis, straight, white, able-bodied, able-minded men have been like, I'm oppressed, too, because of my fashion choices. Yeah. And it's like, you can take the clothes off. Yeah. You're making, not to say, like, I think it's dumb in the first place or to judge people for what they wear, look like, choose to dress, etc. Of course. It's a stupid thing, but, like, it's, but, uh, but, and so I was just thinking about it, because I was like, yeah, that's stupid, and also, like, how many people in the alternative community are genuinely, like, discriminated against for things outside of their control? (laughs) And it's interesting, too, because the, I, I, I'm not, like, super aware of how it would arise, but it's like, you think with alternative stuff, it's usually in line with things that are kind of punk, where it's like, yeah. you know, to complain about being the cis white man, you no, know. I've also seen videos that have been like, like, sort of like yeah. you're missing the point. You're missing the point. I have seen videos that do, that also that say, like, so you don't necessarily, like, you can take the outfit off. You're making a fashion choice. And maybe you won't be as comfortable, but it's still a fashion choice. You can't remove a part of your identity. But at the same time, if it is, maybe you are of a, per- a person who, like, is of an alternative style. And uh, because your parents were, too. Like, you're punk and you're... You will, like... Society is stupid. And you will face... Uh, uh, not discrimination, but because you are... Uh, inherent, not because your fashion is, um, there's a specific sociological term for it that of course I'm blanking on now, and it's a huge vocab word to the point that is a specific field of study within sociology. Uh, um, but like, I don't know, it's just an interesting, uh, uh, conversation to have where it's like, you're not, it's not discrimination because it's a choice you're making. But you probably have experienced some backlash from society for those choices because society yeah. doesn't like when there's things outside of the norm. But you have to understand d- uh, discrimination comes from within places of power and who holds power. 
and the intersection of both power and um like both privilege and uh you know the words yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a, the way a good way to think of it is like there's a difference in being discriminated against because like you said of the things you're talking about that you can't change like of literally having your job impacted because someone is personally, you know, against what is part of your identity. Yeah. Versus some, you can have somebody at your workplace who just doesn't like you yeah. and just doesn't like, you know, that you're a mom or doesn't like that you have kids or doesn't like the way you dress. And that person being shitty to you is not necessarily the same thing as people being against you for being gay. Like, there's yeah. a distinction there of, like, there are just shitty people who will hate on anything. Yeah. And then there are people who are crappy because they are, they have biases against literally the way people are. Who, yeah, their intrinsic identity. And it, it's just an interesting conversation because even if it is, like, you dress that way because of the way you were raised, it's like, look, you might have a job where that falls outside of the dress code, but you can't, you can still put that on when you leave the job. You can't just not be gay at work. You're gay. Yeah. You can hide that you're gay, but that is still an intrinsic form of discrimination because you're being forced to hide an intrinsic part of your identity that is completely outside of your control. Because no one chooses. That being said, I've also been thinking about that whole, uh, no one chooses to be gay. And that's true. You don't choose to be gay, obviously. You don't choose to be queer. You don't choose to be anything. But then I was like, uh, there's the conversation within the disability community where a lot of disabled people, especially uh, those of us who are non-neurodivergents, are saying, like, look, we don't want to cure. Like, we, we're who we are because of who we are. And that is yeah. absolutely true. And then I was just thinking of, like, the interesting intersection between that, because it's like, uh, probably I wouldn't have chosen to be neurodi neurodivergent, but also I now that I am, I don't want not to be, you know? I think, I think what you're saying makes sense, and I think the reason behind it is, like, the reasons that people would choose to not be neurodivergent are because of society. how they're treated by society and yeah. how that affects their way they I, have to interact exactly with and I feel like there's so much like that's such an intrinsic part of like any discussion on discrimination and especially when we're talking about disabilities and curative language like there probably there are disabilities out there where the people do want to cure because it's like chronic pain yeah and it's and like but things, like you know, with ADHD, it's like, there are just symptoms of it that yeah. just make it hard to just do things Yeah, but if society day. made... And, but was it's not, more, like, it's also part of yeah. what you're doing. It's, yeah. it's weird. It's part of who you are as a person. And if yeah. society changed, being, having ADHD would be easier. But if society changed and you have chronic pain, you're still gonna have chronic pain. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it's interesting because we can change society in I think almost every way except for maybe to a to a point like ha just how you feel on the inside like yeah. 
you, we can change everything to be more accessible, to be easier more to do accepting. for people who have different... And really, we um, should. When you make the things. world more accessible for minorities, you make it better for everyone. Yes. But there are always going to be things that it's like, you know... I feel like we should include... We've added that we're both white, but like, <laughs> now that we're having this discussion, uh, I am a psych person. And a sociology person, and you are a bio person and an anthropology person. True, I would I would say I definitely have a little lean more towards the biology aspect of it. Of and I'll admit, I feel like I've I, I've got an entire degree on the wall for it, but I'm not in any way ever gonna say that I know what I'm talking about because oh yeah 80% of that knowledge has already vacated my mind less than a year out of out of graduating like I'm gonna be honest the world is always it's always a pandemic has rotten my brain to the core honestly but it's still science is all about continuing to learn and just being like look I have that degree I'm done yes yes Oh, by the way, I applied for a PhD program yesterday. Oh, what was that? I applied for a PhD program yesterday. Whoa, really? I I applied for one, and then I'm considering applying for another. Because one of them is, uh, the one that I'm considering applying for is, uh, free. Like, I could get a PhD, and they'd pay me to do it. But it's... Stuff or? Uh, I don't know, but the reason I'm con- I'm still considering bothering with applying is one, it's a seventy dollar application fee, and I'm still on the fence about it because it's not offered online, and the school is in New York. Oh, that's not where we live, by the way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but they they give me money to learn. That would be nice. And that also getting a PhD would mean I not have to pay back my student loans so soon. Basically, I want to be my health psych professor. 
just emulate the people you know, like in our lives. Just well, that, that, that woman made a mark on me. That woman made a mark. She's gone on my toilet, and I don't know how she did that. <laughs> what are you doing, cat? No, my health psych professor has made a mark on me because she's the same one I had for my uh, abnormal psych class. Abnormal should be added with the asterisk. If there's no normal psych, it's just an outdated term, and that's what our school called it, and that's how she started the class, is telling us that. But, she's a fantastic lady, and uh, she's got her doctorate, and so does her husband, and they both work for the same school, and so, like, what her introduction to us was like, you will address me by doctor last name, because my husband always gets addressed by doctor last name, and I get called Mrs. Last Name. That's not cool. She's like, and, and, she, and like, I just remember, like, in the abnormal psych class, she was like, and here's the thing, is like, I went to a better doctorate program than him, so. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> And also, like, she's a, 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 she does, like, clinical work, so she's, like, um, not, like, a doctor in medicine, but, like, she's, uh, she does, like, applied studies, and he's a research doctor in psychology. I see. And both are valid types of doctor, but it's pretty sexist to not call a doctor a doctor because she's a woman and call her husband a doctor. Yeah, that's very true. Even when All it's right. done on accident. I think we gotta wrap it up, dude. <laughs> I will not. I will continue talking, and people will get to have our two, two hour. We are at a minute fifty or an hour and fifty minutes. I feel like we need to make it ten more minutes so that it's an even two hours. Cannon, no. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's for our phone call. We've been trying to. I I can't do another ten minutes. But Alyssa. But Kiernan, I am going to fall asleep in like five minutes. Fine. Now my brain would be upset by the uh, the the, the unnormal number. Not normal, but you know the number. It's the same as when we were generating our words, and we were like, "Where are we at? Eighteen? We need to get to twenty, otherwise I would be I, upset." Trust me, I get it, but I don't like the time is gonna be fine. The time is gonna. Be I want to be able to do two hours every time. I mean, if we just, like, immediately hit record as soon as we start talking to each other, we could probably have four-hour-long episodes and not even notice. That's true. That's true. That, well, and honestly, if you include our many failed attempts from tonight, it probably would be three hours. Yeah. Yeah, probably. With all the technical difficulties. I hope the sound is okay. It sounded okay on the times that you've done the playing, but I feel, and, like, it must be okay then, because that is filtered from us, from you on a phone, into a laptop, into a live stream, out onto the live stream, back through the phone, and to me, and we sounded okay. Yep. <laughs> and even you sounded okay, so I'm gonna... I'm gonna say this is okay. It's an okay system. It's actually running when we do it this way, so. Yeah, it'll work for me on this end. Mm -hmm. I, I think the only thing would be is if we were, for whenever I'm watching your videos, I think I'll just like play them on my phone, yeah. uh, not on the podcast, so that I can see what's happening real time. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe I'll I'll send you a link for the videos. 
Okay, sounds good. So that it's less uh, laggy. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll we'll get get it. Honestly, Honestly, this has up. been good. Like, this has been good. I'm pleased. Are you just getting it? Starting to stall and keep talking? No, I'm just saying. I'm pleasantly surprised that this is actually working. Because it's even working better than my test runs were. And it's stayed working for a full, like, almost two hours. And my test runs were, like, six minutes long. Other than ourselves. Yeah. It's fine. We'll, uh... I don't know how people get popular on YouTube, but really Well, don't. all we'll have to do is we'll, um... Now you're gonna get the meta conversation, because I'm not gonna stop it. Uh... Okay. Uh, all we'll have to do is we'll have to be like, Alright, here's... We'll upload, I'll upload it to Spotify using our RMS feed, and... Or whatever it's called, and uh, we'll put a, a, a the YouTube link in our tumblers and on TikTok, and uh, you'll use your toilet paper TikTok clout. Sure, sure. <laughs> that that will be a story for another time. But maybe I'll re-upload that video just to see if people will catch on to it. Yeah. But. And, uh, yeah, we'll do that. We'll put it on our tumblers. Um, yeah. See what happens. See what happens. It's about, I mean, it, all we need is one person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what? This is a good way for us to outro it. I'm going to say, okay, well, thank you for listening so much to us uh, rant and talk about music and cultural issues for so long. Mm-hmm. Um if you want to, you know, share and like everything that we just talked about, um, hit on that subscribe the button and the Tumblr. Well, I'm not telling you people. Oh, let's we're share even, our TikTok. What's our TikTok? At? Let's have our TikTok ads. I'll throw okay. them in the description. I don't know. What is yours? I gotta pull up my TikTok. Huh? I don't. I said we could say what they are. Yeah. And then also put on the description. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Alright, yours so is. My at. What do you want to go first? Yeah, you can go first. My at on the TikToks is at Argyle Gargoyle Girl. I will not be spelling it. Good luck. <laughs> You'll need to spell it for me, friend, though. Why do I have to spell it for I'll spell it for you later. Yeah, later. Not right now. <laughs> later. Uh, you can literally just look at it. No. <laughs> no. You mean how on the TikTok list where we're friends and we're sending you things all the time, it's not easier for you to just look at my name. No. Uh, here's the thing. You come up on my end. You don't come up as Argarl. Ar- you come up as Allie E. On TikTok? Yeah. Fine. I'll spell it for you later. Okay. Oh, I found you. There you are. I like that you finally got a username. For the longest time, you were just like, user underscore 6028. I know. I don't know why it was like that, because I swear to God, I set up everything, and I had a username, and then I couldn't figure out how to change it. I'm not really technologically smart. 
Yeah. I don't think either of us are if our experience tonight is any indication. Honestly. Okay, what's your app? My app for TikTok is at Kier two underscores bear. How do you spell Kier? I mean, our name is... I, the, you know, I'll just put it in our thing. Yeah, see, it's not fun to have to spell it. It's weird. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I wouldn't think you had to spell it for me right now. I was just saying later, you're going to need to spell it for me. So I can add it in the bio. I'll just add them. I bet I can link them through our YouTube channels. I'll play, I'll okay, figure out how that. to do that. I'll figure out, uh, if not, I'll add them into our uh, descriptions or whatever. Okay. Cool. Um, All right. This is us signing off then. We're done. Yes. It has been we're two. Done. We're, we're past. We're, 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 it's been almost two hours and it's time. So yes, y'all have anyone who might stumble across this. Have a good night. Send us as well, and thank everyone who listens to all this. Thank you very much. Thank you. Send us a uh, uh, video prompts. Yes, if you have a good idea for a good word, go ahead and comment that. Yes, yeah. word theme we'll theme in it. general. It doesn't have to be a word specifically. That's just what we did because we could find a word generator. <laughs> yes. Just send us a theme.